Welcome, welcome, welcome to the first ever episode of The Big C Show. I am your host, Caesar Lucero, alongside with my good pal, Christian Euchre. What's going on, Chris? How we doing? Yes, I am Christian Euchre here on The Big C Show. Soup, this is super exciting. Can't wait to get started. And football season's underway. How exciting is that? America's favorite sport. What could be any better than that? It's amazing how we're going to have football from here on out until the end of February, whether it's college or the NFL. It's football time. Um, it is hard to believe, huh? Yeah, it is. And it's, it's, it's crazy that finally it's here. The long wait. Fantasy football is all around the corner. I'm so excited. I can't even wait to start drafting my players. I mean, guys hitting in practice, the quarterbacks reading the playbook. I mean, yes, football is officially back. I mean, wow. Yeah, wow is right. Definitely, Chris. Speaking of America's favorite sport, let's get a little bit into the Dallas Cowboys. My Dallas Cowboys, oh, America's yeah. team. Yeah, 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 yeah. You Dallas Cowboy fan. Yeah, you, you typical American for football. The Big D Cowboys. Yep. And it's crazy because it seems every year the Cowboys are in the headlines during this time of year. And let's get the show started, well, right? They are America's team, aren't they? <laughs> they were back in the day. Um, they still are. I think there was a poll where it said the Cowboys were like, the Cowboys fans were like the number one true fans or something like that. And I think the Patriots were number two. Right. Um, anyhow, let's get, let's get started with what's going on in the Cowboys training camp now. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, really a big deal for the Cowboys holding out? What do you think, Chris? Well, I mean... I will say this. I mean, he could possibly pull a Le'Veon Bell 2.0. I mean... Uh, Le'Veon Bell 2.0. I don't know. Le'Veon Bell's a strange cat, for sure. Well, especially now that since he's a New York Jet. Uh, oh, the Dolphin hater is coming out. J-E-T-S. Stank-a-wank-a-wanka. Don't quit your day job, Chris. Anyways, I honestly think the Cowboys... They're not really bothered. I don't even think the players are as bothered as everybody else and the media making this more of a big deal than it really is. I don't know if you remember, Chris, but a few years back when Demarcus Russell was taken first overall, he held out until the Raiders gave him $61 million. Now, granted, Demarcus Russell was a rookie, and Ezekiel Elliott has proven that he's the best player or probably one of the best running backs that's ever played the game since Emmitt Smith. And he stole that money from the Raiders, like Stephen A. says. That's Stephen A. Smith It's crazy, is. but I honestly don't think it's a big deal because with the new CBA, not many players actually hold out. I mean, teams seem to be getting negotiations and contracts done a lot faster now than they have in the past. And I give the NFL a lot of credit because now with the rookie deals and having all the rookies at the same pay right, or close to the same pay, I think it's a lot easier for teams to sign rookies, which gives them 
an opportunity to sign the veterans to long-term deals. Right. I mean, look at the Rams, for example. Great example. Um, the but Rams last year, what did they do? Sign Todd Gurley? They signed Todd Gurley to a an extension, an extension of $17 million. He'll be making that next year. Which will be next year, along with Brandon Cooks, the receiver, will be making $16 million. And it, it, the Rams, you can kind of compare to the Dallas Cowboys. You can. Because they signed their best defensive player, Aaron Donald. Right. He'll be making $25 million next year. He'll be paid as the highest defensive lineman in the league. But he's well worth it, though. I mean, I mean, he, he is one of the best players. He is the best player in the league. And then he had like a sack record or something. or For a defensive tackle. For a defensive tackle, which is unbelievable, you know? And and it's, it's, it's just, it's not even a defensive league like it used to be. And the fact that he was a put up, he was able to put up numbers like that just speaks for itself. You no, know? He's a, he, I remember him coming out of pit. I was hoping the Dallas Cowboys would end up picking him, but I, I know the Rams had the pick at number 13 way ahead of the Cowboys, and, and he went off the board, and I was like, man, that's one guy I would love to have, would love Rob Marinelli to have, especially on his defense. But give the Rams credit. They ended up signing him last year. They ended up giving Todd Gurley an extension. And let's not forget Brandon Cooks making $16 million. You can easily compare both teams with each other because you got Amari Cooper who's yep. waiting for an extension. Right. You got Dak Prescott waiting for an extension. Right, right. And they signed Demarcus Lawrence this offseason to be one of the and, highest paid defensive ends. And he'll probably and he'll probably be what, second to uh to Aaron Donald as far as highest paid player defensive players. Exactly. So you can both teams are really relative related. And I, to be honest with you, I think this is more I think this has to do more with Rocky Arson telling Ezekiel Elliott to hold out because he saw the Los Angeles Rams give Todd Gurley an extension last year, two years before his contract was up. Right. Todd Gurley was drafted in twenty fifteen. A year before Zeke. year before Zeke. That's right. That's right. And Arison's like, you know what? Or Arson, excuse me. Arson saw what the Rams did and told Zeke, hey, Zeke, you're the best player on this team. Right. You're on the field 95% of the snaps. Why aren't they talking to you about extension? Why aren't they giving you any of the uh, piece of the pie? If I was you, and I want to be known as the best player on this team, I you want to be you want some of that pie too, because don't get me wrong. If 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 I'm working, if if I'm working at a job, and I've been there for five for, for ten, three years, three like, years, like Zeke, right? Right. I'm busting my butt. Everybody else is doing what they're supposed to doing. But I'm doing a lot of the workload. I want. I see everybody else getting paid. Right, right. I want to get fed too now. Come exactly. on. Exactly. So do I blame? Do I blame Ezekiel Elliott? No, I don't blame him. I think he just wants. He wants the recognition. He wants. Exactly. He, I think. I think it's. He wants. He wants to be recognized too, and and not be left out because, you're, like you're saying, he he is, uh, highly arguably. Probably the best overall player on the Dallas Cowboys as of now. I mean, I, I could say so because because remember when he got suspended six games uh, for 
the domestic violence incident that that he wasn't really charged with, but Roger Goodell ended up suspending him. Yes. The Cowboys struggled during those six games. Defenses started playing back and started welcoming in the pass. They were saying, okay, go ahead, Dak. Come right for us. Throw the ball. We'll just double Des Bryant. Oh, and by the way, you didn't have the best left tackle in the game. He was injured. I think they all need each other. I think I Dak needs Zeke. Zeke needs Dak. Right. Amari Cooper needs Zeke. As Amari Cooper needs Dak. Right. They, they and, all need each other. And, and, and it, it, it's it's like the engine. Mm-hmm. Without the fuel, without the right... The, the car's not going to go. I mean, this is not going to run. And, and uh, speaking of the Rams, by the way, who, by the way... I also think is a good comparison to the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, you think about it like we were saying, uh, Brandon Cooks will be worth sixteen million by next year. You know, uh, Aaron Donald will be twenty five, uh, and then don't forget about the quarterback, Jared Goff. He'd be worth seventeen million. Well, I think he's getting twenty two million or twenty two million. That's right. Yeah, so uh, he'll be getting uh, twenty two million, but he's still waiting for an extension as well. And could the Rams actually afford to sign Jared Goff? I think they're going to wait this year, and they're going to see what happens with him. But going back to Ezekiel Elliott, I think Rocky Arson is seeing what the the Rams did and signed Todd Gurley, who's probably the best running back in the league because he can catch out of the backfield and he can do it all. And... Ezekiel Elliott's not that far off from being Todd Gurley. I think they're both great players. And they're both me, phenomenal. To me, both Zeke and the Cowboys, they have to meet in the middle. Absolutely. And they both, whether Zeke wants $25 million a year or 22 23 and the Cowboys aren't willing to give them that much, they're probably what? $17 million, $20 million a year. Okay. They both have to meet in the middle. And if I was Jerry Jones, I would not budge. Because once you start budging, and this is me going on the other side, being the owner, being the general manager, being the boss. If you start budging, then that means everybody else is going to start doing the same thing. They're going to be like, exactly. oh, wait right, a minute. Right. Ezekiel Elliott held out. He got what he wanted. Maybe I should be doing the same thing. Right. It's and like a, it's like a relationship. You have to meet in the middle. Exactly. So here, here, Chris, do you think Ezekiel Elliott has a chance to be another Le'Veon Bell? Could he could he actually end up holding out the whole year? Yes, because I think Ezekiel Elliott wants to prove himself as being one of the best offensive players in the league along with the fact that I think he really wants to be the highest-paid running back in the entire NFL. I'm actually going to go on the other side of this, and and I'm actually going to think, because let me tell you this, players don't miss paychecks. Think of Earl Thomas last year. Yes. Last year of his deal, right? Right. Seattle Seahawks. He wanted a contract extension. He said, I want to be the highest-paid safety in the league. He held out all of training camp, didn't show up, team practice without him, uh, played preseason without him. What ended up happening the week, that Tuesday before the Seahawks played, what happened? He returned to the team and started the first game of the year. Because I, can, I guarantee you, players 
do not miss paychecks. Ninety-nine, almost ninety-nine percent of the players, I think, they don't miss paychecks unless you're Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell was an odd situation because Le'Veon Bell felt like he was the cat. He he, he was the main horse of that team. But that's but, crazy because Antonio Brown is still recognized as a top two receiver in the where, league. But look where um, look where he ended up going. The Raiders. He 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 got traded as well. So nobody's really safe in this league. But going to my point is Ezekiel Elliott's not making enough money now to be missing paychecks. Because remember, if he misses week one, week two, week three. He's not getting that money back. So I think he'll end up showing up to training camp. He'll end up showing the week before the season starts. And after training camp's over, because it, let's, let's also look at the Cowboys uh, the last couple of years. They, Ezekiel Elliott doesn't even play in the preseason games. I think he played in one preseason game, 10 snaps, and that's it. Let's, let's look around the league. The Giants lost three receivers, and today we're hearing that A.J. Green is out six to eight weeks with torn ligaments because of training camp. Hold on, hold on, hold on. A.J. Green? A.J. Green's out six to eight weeks because of torn ligaments. Oh, man. So training camp is, is rough because here you are months and months in and months out not doing anything, and all of a sudden you come into training camp, you're going full speed. And things things happen. Maybe this is a blessing that Zeke is holding out. And I'm not saying that that because last year when Earl Thomas did hold out, he ended up getting injured during the regular season. He got injured. So it, I mean, that's irrelevant. But all I'm saying to answer the question, to me, it doesn't matter to the Cowboys. I don't think it's a big deal. I think Zeke Elliott is doing what his agent is telling him. And all, at the end of the day, both sides are going to come together, and both sides are going to get things done. ZPLA is going to be back with the team, and they're going to win the Super Bowl. I have a better chance of sleeping with Jennifer Lopez than the Cowboys have a chance of winning the Super Bowl, and that is no disrespect at all to Miss J-Lo. Chris, rather than thinking about sleeping with J-Lo, why don't you think about your team actually winning a game? Before you start talking that. Anyways, let's get to, on to the next topic, which is kind of one of my favorite topics. And, and the reason it's one of my favorite topics is because Dak Prescott, I think, is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. And a lot of people either love him or they hate him. Or Okay, maybe hate's a strong word. But they don't think that he's a quarterback that everybody thinks everybody seems to rave about or that I seem to rave about. Um, what will it take for Dak Prescott to reach that next level? The next level of getting the Cowboys to the Super Bowl. Well, I, I mean, he's got to work on his mechanics. You know, he's, he's got to have bigger numbers, you know, bigger passing yards on a weekly basis. Uh, you know, he's so he's got to be bigger in the pocket. I feel like he's just he's just got to put up bigger numbers overall. 
you know, uh, maybe even carry the ball himself more, you, you know, uh, well, you know, like run the offense. Like, I mean, he's he's got that look kind of like a Russell Wilson, even though he, he might not be as good as Russell And that's a great point Wilson. because a lot of people do compare him to Russell Wilson when he started the league. And a lot of people are like, he, he he's still learning. He's still developing. And let's take a look at um at who the Cowboys got this year. The Cowboys ended up hiring John Kitna as their quarterback coach. And I'm a big Cowboy fan, and I actually go on DallasCowboys.com, and I read a lot of their materials. So if you're a big Cowboy fan, um, you guys know what I'm talking about. The people over there do a phenomenal job. Their podcasts are awesome. So anytime you want to get inside information, definitely go listen to them. They are the, the best in the business, and they tell it how it is. Brian Broaddus is probably one of my favorite scouts over there. He right. actually works uh, alongside with uh, a lot of the writers. He writes. He he's starting to write a lot of materials and, but. I think we acknowledge the fact that that you're a Dallas Cowboys fan. Yeah, by the way. but but the thing is, the addition of John Kitna as our quarterback coach, I think that's going to help with what you said that he needs to improve in his technique. His mechanics, his footwork, and that's what he's been doing a lot this offseason. Um, I've been hearing that every practice, they've been telling Dak, work on your footwork. Dak, look at your feet. Dak, you're not doing this. Dak, Dak. And he even said it himself. I have to work on my footwork. I have to work on my mechanics. Oh, well, there you I go. I have so to work on my release. And from what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing, on Twitter is he looks a lot better this year than he has in the last three seasons. And to me, that's going to be scary good because let's not, let's not take anything away from that. I mean, that's going to put their offense to a whole nother level. I would say. Now let's take a look at Troy Aikman's first three years in the league and look at Dak Prescott's first three years in the league. Both of the players are completely different. This considering Troy Aikman was a Hall of Famer. Now, granted, Dak Prescott has better players around him. Chris, what are those numbers? So, Troy and Troy Aikman's rookie season, 1989. Okay, he threw nine touchdowns along with 18 interceptions. This is a Hall of Famer, by the way. A Hall of Famer, Chris. And what was his quarterback rating? His quarterback rating, his rookie year, was 55.7. Is that even possible now? I mean, this is a Hall of Famer? Now, granted, the Cowboys didn't really have the offense that they that Dak Prescott has and didn't have the all-stars that, that he has, uh, the great offensive line. Very true. He did have Michael Irving, though. And who's one of the best receivers all the time. And the year after, uh, he, he did get Emmett Smith. Right. So wh- what was Troy Aikman's second year? Okay, that's 1990. So he had 11 touchdowns. So he had two more touchdowns than he did his rookie year. All right. But interceptions. He had 18 interceptions again. 18 interceptions. Okay. What was his quarterback and rating? And his rating was 66.6. Okay, so it's a little bit better. So it's okay, li- not bad. It's climbing the ladder a little bit there. Now the third year, 1991. I believe that's the first year they went to the Super Bowl, right? Uh, or I believe so. N- no, no, no. The first year they went to the Super Bowl was '92. I should actually know this by now. '92, and then '93. So th- 
91, the year before they won the Super Bowl, he had 11 touchdowns again, along with only 10 interceptions this time, and his quarterback rating was 86.7. And I believe that year he got injured, if I'm not mistaken. So he he didn't play the full season. But the best year Troy Aikman had was what? 1992, his fourth year. His fourth year, 1992. And, and who, who, what year is this for Dak? His fourth year. So what I'm trying to say is quarterbacks in this league, sometimes they take a little bit longer to develop. Now, we as Cowboy fans and Cowboys out there, we've come accustomed to having great teams. But between the stretch of Troy Aikman to when Bill Parcells came in, our team was crap. Yes. We, we we haven't had a quarterback since Troy Aikman. You haven't. In, in those years. <laughs> you and, yeah. and as soon as Bill Parcells came in and took over the front office, they started drafting better. Right. He Bill Parcells took Quincy Carter. You remember him? Quincy Carter. What? Quincy Carter. That's their quarterback. Oh, yeah. Well, it was 17, right? Yeah. He, he, he took Quincy Carter. Ended up making the playoffs ten and six with Quincy Carter, and then a few years later he got Vinny Testaverde, and after Vinny Testaverde he ended up getting Drew Bledsoe, and after Drew Bledsoe, then came in Tony Romo. Tony Romo. Tony Romo. And listen, here's an interesting thing. But Vinny Testaverde wasn't that bad. No, he wasn't. He actually he he won a couple. He won a few games for the Cowboys. And but uh, what I'm trying to say and is Drew Bledsoe he wasn't he wasn't too shabby either. That was that's Drew Bledsoe ended up coming to Dallas right after Tom Brady took his job. Right. So um, but anyways, what I'm getting to is Dak Prescott is only. This is mind blowing. Dak Prescott is only six games away from where Tony Romo started his first game. Let's not forget Tony Romo was a backup quarterback, a third-string quarterback for four years before he started his first game against the Giants. Tony Romo was not in the picture. He was, uh, in fact, Bill Parcells was so close to cutting him his first year that he ended up making the team anyways because Quincy Carter ended up smoking dope and getting cut from the team. Right. Oh, wow. So, Tony, if it wasn't for Quincy Carter, Tony Romo would have never been on the Cowboys. And who knows if he would have ever been the quarterback that he was because he credits a lot of his success to Bill Parcells. And it took him four years and six games, four years and six games to start his first game. Wow, that's really amazing. And look at the numbers he put up for his first three years. I mean, in his rookie season, he had 23 touchdowns and only four interceptions. He threw for over 3,000 yards and had a quarterback rating of 104. I mean, his second year, he had 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, but his pass rating was still up, 86.6. And then last year, over 3,000 again. 22 touchdowns, eight picks, uh, 
96.9 passer rating. I mean, that's pretty damn good. So do I think that Dak Prescott has a chance to elevate his game? Absolutely. I think John Kitna helping him out. I think the addition of Amari Cooper helped him a lot last year. Now, Amari Cooper, he, he's been an underrated receiver, I would say, last year. He no. finally has a number one receiver. Nothing against Des Bryant, but Des Bryant does not run routes like no. Amari Cooper. No. Des Bryant just has big hands. Check this out. Dak Prescott, the last eight games of last year, had a quarterback ab- quarterback rating of 90.5. The last eight games of the season last year. 90.5. 90.5 and a complete percentage of 71%. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. That's, that's really good. So ever since they got Amari Cooper, his quarterback rating went up. His completion percentage went up. The team started winning. Wow, it's amazing what happens when you have a number one receiver. Now tell me about it, right? I mean, this- and, and Look, Dak Prescott's not going to be Peyton Manning. No. Dak Prescott's not going to be Tom Brady. He's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. He's not, no. But. And he's not going to be Patrick Mahomes. No. Those guys are rare quarterbacks. There's a reason why they were drafted, except for Tom Brady, so high. Right. These players, there's just something about them. that They have the mechanics. They have everything. Dak Prescott, the one thing I love about him. He's a winner. He's a winner. Let's take a look at Mississippi State. What happened when he was in Mississippi State in 2014? He led the Bulldogs to be number one in the country when they beat Auburn. When they beat Auburn, that's right. And the SEC. Mississippi State had nobody on that team. No, nobody. The only good player on that team was Dak Prescott. And Mississippi State, I mean, let's just be honest, they've, they've never been the best in that conference. You know, they, they haven't. They've never been an elite college football He's program. broken every Mississippi State record for the quarterback in that team. Let's also look at what the Cowboys did this offseason. The Cowboys added Randall Cobb instead of Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley is now with the Buffalo Bills. Is he really? I think Randall Cobb is a better version of Cole Beasley. Why? Because he gives you that threat. He gives you that deep threat. Cole Beasley was a great underneath receiver. Great route runner. You know who he would fit well with is the Patriots. Randall Cobb is going to give him that ability to break a tackle and take it to the house, where Cole Beasley never had that ability. He was a great and ran crisp routes. And now they got Randall Cobb, who's a better runner and a better slot receiver. Oh, he's dominant. He's he's a great slot receiver. Not only is he a good slot receiver, but you can put him on the outside. Oh, he can also be a great kick returner, punt he could. returner. You know where he went to college? Kentucky, Kentucky Blue. Blue. And, and let's not even forget, Michael Gallup last year had a pretty good rookie season. Michael Gallup might be the best second receiver that the Cowboys have had since Miles Austin. Really? Miles Austin, he he was really good too. I remember that guy. 
back to answering the question, what will it take for Dak Prescott to elevate his game? I think the addition of adding John Kitten as a quarterback coach. The footwork. Having Amari Cooper. Having Randall Cobb as a better slot receiver. Hopefully they get Ezekiel Elliott signed. Having Jason Witten back. There is no reason why Dak Prescott shouldn't lead this team to the NFC East Championship game and even the Super Bowl. He has no excuses. And by the way, this is probably the best defense he has had in his whole entire career. Even better than what Tony Romo has had. So for me, there is no excuses for the Cowboys this year. It's either Super Bowl or bust. That would be something. Yeah, I, I, I honestly I honestly agree with you. I think the Cowboys, they're probably the front favorites to win the NFC this year. Now it's time for a game we like to play. Two-minute warning. So Chris and I will have two minutes to answer questions. Starting now. Chris. Yes. First off, will the Miami Dolphins win more than four games this season? No, they will not win more than four games this season. I'm actually going to pick them to win five games. So I'm going to say over. Who will win the NFC rushing title this season? Zekio Elliott. Oh, you're actually going with Zeke. Okay. I am. Um, surprisingly, I'm actually going with Saquon Barkley. Ooh, Saquon Barkley. He's I, think, I think he's going to be a big force in the league. And unfortunately, he's playing for the Giants. And we have to see him twice this year. But I think he's going to be good enough to win the NFC rushing title this season. Will Patrick Mahomes throw more than 50 touchdowns this season? I'm going to say yes. I think he's going to throw over 50 touchdowns this season. I'm actually going to go on a limb and say he's going to throw under 50 touchdowns. Just because he doesn't have Kareem Hunt in the backfield and... He's a lot of teams in the NFL have some tape on him. So a lot of teams are actually going to be playing more of the pass, and they don't have a running back back there that'll help them out. True that, true that. Next question. Which team has more pressure to make the Super Bowl, the Saints or the Rams? So I think the Rams have a little more pressure to win the Super Bowl than the New Orleans Saints. Frankly, just because, you know, they, they're more loaded on offense and uh, they, they won the NFC last year by, uh, yeah, well, then again, that NFC Championship game was a great game and, and that call kind of hurt the Saints, but uh, I'm going with the Rams. Oh, man, and time is up. We weren't able to finish the questions. Hope everybody enjoyed the show. This is our first episode. And for our second episode, I will be joined by the professor, who is all the way from England. And he will be explaining how the Cricket World Cup was an amazing event this summer and how to play cricket. So I guess if you guys are interested in learning, please go ahead and tune into my next show. Until then, I'm Cesar Lucero. And I'm Chris Euchre. Until next time. See you on the Big C Show.